You guys glad 2016 is over? <laughs> Seems like every year we're always glad that the year is over. What, one of these years we're going we're gonna to say, man, I wish we could stay in that year, right? This may be the year. This may be the one where we say, ah, can we just hold on to 2017? It's so good. But 18 will be even better. Uh, well, just a few things, and um, then we're going to get into the message here. But um, first of all, for those of you that were at the Christmas Eve service, uh, we, gave, we took up a uh, compassion offering. We do this every year at Christmas Eve, and uh, it just gives us the ability throughout the year to, to expand our giving even more and our blessing uh, just for, the, for this community, for those that are hurting and that are in need. And so... We had an amazing turnout. Again, every year you guys just uh, uh, blow us away, but we had about $30,000 that came in just for the compassion alone. So I just want to thank you guys. I'm going to talk a little bit about tithing today, and so, uh, but I just want to thank you for your giving hearts and for uh, you guys are, are so generous, and it's awesome. It's just awesome to see. Um, also, we've got... Coming up next Sunday, starting next Sunday, and then running through the 29th, which is the transition day, uh, we're going to have 15 days of prayer and fasting. And then we're also going to be, every morning, you're going to get a devotional that's going to tie into this. And, uh, and the focus for these 15 days is, is love. That's the, the basis of it. And, and I think we have a slide here that I just want to show you. This is our vision statement. I don't know if you guys know our vision statement. So we have a mission statement, a vision statement. The, the mission statement is pursue God, embrace people, transform society through real community. Our vision statement is that we're a family that pursues the heart and presence of God, compelling us to radically love and disciple others through God's supernatural power. Actually, I think, be, you know what we're going to do? Just real quick, we're going we're to actually say this together because I think it's really important that we get the we understand the vision, and there's a key piece in there, radically love, and that's the part that we're going to really focus on over these next 15 days. So let's, let's actually say this together. You guys ready? We are a family that pursues the heart and presence of God, compelling us to radically love and disciple others through God's supernatural power. You guys got it? Memorize now? We're good? Okay. The other thing right, up, right below this is Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, and it's kind of the premise for, uh, for this 15 days of prayer and fasting. And it says, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love. And the whole key to this is that we cannot live a life of love unless we realize that we are the children of God and that we are so loved. And so that's where we're going to really spend these, this time understanding the love of the Father. And it's only through his love that we're able to love others, right? So get ready. Uh, starting next Sunday, pray about what you're going to fast on as well. Uh, so we're going to pray fast and dig into the devotionals. And it's going to be a great time as we pursue God in those 15 days. Hopefully we're pursuing them all the time. But this is going to be a real focus. Uh, last thing I just want to mention, uh, for those of you who may or may not have noticed, um, we've changed up the service order a little bit. We're doing the, uh, the offering and, um, and the announcements after the first song. And 
I think some people like it, some people don't. But I just want to tell you the heart behind it. And there's a few things. One is that we really don't want to break the flow of the Spirit when the Spirit's moving. And a lot of times as we, we have amazing worship, and then we kind of shut it down when we get into the announcements and we uh, go through everything, and then we have to try to ramp back up as we get into the Word. And so the whole purpose behind this is that really we can go from the worship right into the Word and just and, and allow the Holy Spirit just to continue, and, and, uh, and there's no break there. And so also, um, you know, we're... We want to, after the first song, we're trying to kind of close the doors up. And, and the idea there is, you know, we've, we're, we're worshiping at this point. We just don't want that distraction of, of, you know, a lot of people coming in and out. And so we're leaving one door open so people can come in. But I would encourage you, challenge you guys and, and gals um, to even, to not even just come on time, but actually come a little early, which would be like a crazy mind shift here, I know. Um, but here's the thing. This, we are the body of Christ, right? And this is about building community. This is about building relationships. And when you guys, when you come in late and then, you know, shoot out the door, like all you're doing, you're getting some of the worship, you're getting the word, and you're out. But there's a whole other piece to the body of Christ. And so I want to encourage you. I, I would love for us to be a church that loves each other, that spends time with each other, that gets to know each other that builds relationship, and you can build it right here. Uh, we're going to make sure we've got coffee for you at 8.30. So for those of you that you know, are coming to the 9 a.m. service and you come early, we'll have coffee so that you will be actually like, able to talk to other people. Um, and, uh, and so I, anyway, my encouragement to you is try to get here a little early. Spend the time just uh, socializing, getting to know people around you, uh, even praying with people. Uh, whatever it is, but realize that, that this is your family. Like, this is where, this is where we're gathering together uh, to go after God in a greater way. And so as we become even a closer-knit family, as we come into a deeper unity together, it's going to be important that we spend time. It's going to be important that you know the people around you, that it's not just, hey, how you doing? I don't know your name, and I'm out of here. Right? Can I, is this, I mean, I'm doing this just in love because I love you guys, and I, I really believe that this is going to be a key piece uh, of where we're going. And the things that we're moving into, there's also just a, a part of unity of coming together as the body of Christ. So, enough said. Let's start. Uh, so I think we've got a, do we have a slide here? Here we are. So we're doing a series called All In. And this morning, the, the title is Exit Strategy. You can see there uh, they're leaping off the cliff. And so when, when this happens, we are all in. There's no, there's no going back. There's no flying back to the cliff there once you're jumping off. Uh, so exit strategy, what's the, let me just first of all give you a definition of exit strategy. It's a planned approach to terminating a situation in a way that will maximize benefit. Another way to say it is it is a pre-planned means of disentangling oneself from a situation that is likely to become difficult or unpleasant. In the business world, if you're creating a business plan, you always have an exit strategy, or you should always have an exit strategy. We are on this earth, but we are not of this world. Where do we belong? Does anybody know? <laughs> we belong in heaven. 
That's our ultimate, des that's our destination. So we're, we're not of this world. So we need to have an exit strategy. And I think everyone does have an exit strategy. I guess the question is, is, is how good is your exit strategy? And a lot of people go through life, their exit strategy is build up wealth, uh, be successful, and then die. And I want to come up with a better exit strategy than that. You guys with me on that one? Okay. You guys awake this morning? All right. I do want to have fun. Everybody says I'm way too serious up here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on just having some more fun. <laughs> but that means you guys got to have fun too, right? Okay, so we're all going to have more fun together. All right, so I'm going to talk about three R's. And uh, you may know the three R's if you're in, uh, in the educational world, which I never understood. It's reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> Somebody from the South actually came up with those. And, uh, <laughs> but actually, <laughs> I'll get an email on that, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> the three R's we're going to talk about are rethink, reposition, and reinvest. And so we're going to kick it off here with the first one, uh, rethink. And I just, I just want to stop here and, and just I want to pray again just over what we're, we're moving into. And um, Yeah, I'm going to pray that we have joy in this. So anyway, Father, we just, we just come before you. Lord, I thank you that, uh, that we can make this actually a fun message, that this will be, we'll have a lot of fun together this morning. Uh, but Lord, you are calling us to certain things, to, to key things here. And Lord, I, I thank you that you've put these things in my heart. And Father, I pray that they would come across well and they would come across from your heart, Lord. And, uh, and Lord, I just ask you for, uh, for just your understanding. Lord, I pray that anything I say that is not from you, Lord, would fall, would fall short. But the things that are from you, Lord, I pray that they would penetrate, penetrate deep into the hearts of, of everyone here this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would have your way in each of our hearts right now in Jesus' name. Okay, so first one is rethink. What is God's plan for your life? What's your mission on the earth? What are the promises or the words that God has given you? I can say that God has promises for each and every one of us. And if you, first of all, if you don't know the promises that God has for your life, Begin to pray into this. Begin to ask God to show you the promises he has. There's, there's things that uh, I've had many prophetic words of people that have spoken things into my life that, that I hold on to. And one, I'll pray into them. Uh, I'll ask God just to clarify things if it is, if it is a word from the Father. But then also, uh, I begin to act on these things as well, begin to move into these things. Uh, here's the thing I would say. In 1 Corinthians 319, it says, for the wisdom of the world is foolishness. And so if you're coming up with your own plan and you're not involving God in this and it's not God's plan, I guarantee you it's going to fail. It's not going to make it. And there's a way you can, you can usually tell if it's your plan or if it's God's plan. If it's something that you can do on your own, Probably not God's plan. If it's something that is way 
harder than you could ever do on your own. If it's something that you go, there's no possible way I could do this. Ha, that's God's plan. Because he is a God of the impossible. And he doesn't, he doesn't create plans that we can just do on our own. He creates plans where we partner with him, where as, as he is the vine and we're the branches and we can't do anything outside of him. It's only through him that we can accomplish the plans that he has for us that we do through him. I love this quote, uh, Bill Johnson. He says, we can't afford to think thoughts that God doesn't think about us. Just think about that for a minute. There are a lot of thoughts that we, that we take and we accept in our lives that are not thoughts from the Father. And I want us to, this is part of the rethinking, it's kind of the recalibrating of the mind is that we become aware of the thoughts that come into our head. And the only thoughts that we should be actually uh, taking in and that we should be considering, that we should be thinking about as our thoughts are the thoughts of the Father. Simple concept, not so simple to do, right? Second uh, Corinthians 10.5 says we take uh, captive every thought unto the obedience of Christ. And so first of all, when those thoughts come in, when things come into our head, take them captive. Take them and make sure that they line up with Christ, that they line up with the Father's heart before you actually accept these thoughts. Uh, let me just say one other thing here about promises. I just, I just feel like I just need to stop here for a second. I'd encourage you, if you have promises that, that, that you have heard or that um, have been called out over you, take the time, write them out, and, and take the time on a, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, pray into these things, read over these things. Uh, don't let these promises go. This is where the perseverance comes back in, is that these promises from God, there will be a time when they come to pass. And a lot of times what we do is, is we take these promises and then uh, they just don't happen. And, and here's the other thing is a lot of times what we do is we get the promises and we just sit down and we go, okay, God, I got your promise. I'm ready. Whenever, whenever you want to bring it, I'll take it. And that really isn't the way God works. He gives us the promises, but then there's, there's an action piece that we actually have to, to move forward with. Uh, you know, if he, if he calls you to go into the political world and, and to be involved uh, you know, as a politician, uh, there's, some, there's some steps that you could just begin to take on your own. Uh, you can, you know, as you go to council meetings, go meet, the, go meet with the commissioners, um, get, to, get to know the process that happens on the, on the political side of things, if it's local or if it's statewide or whatever it is. Uh, but there's some things that, that we can actually begin to do. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this as, as I talk about the second thing. But I just, I just would encourage you to to press in to the promises that he has and then also begin to act on these things as well. Thank you. <laughs> uh, there's an uh, analogy I'm just going to quickly give you guys. This is back in the, the Civil War days here, 1861. So anyone around in 1861? No. <laughs> A few, uh, few years before us, but uh, 1861 was the start of the Civil War, and there was, this was against the North and the South, and 
And I just want to kind of show you this analogy here that, so you've got the North and the South, and um, at that point there were actually two paper currencies that were being created. It was the first time paper currency was being created. Uh, before that, it was always silver and gold. And so now you have these two currencies. Uh, you've got these, the North fighting the South. Well, if you're in the South and you have the Confederate dollars uh, and you're, as you're moving forward in the war, you're seeing that um, the Confederates are going to lose this battle, which means that the Confederate dollar is going to be worth absolutely nothing. Let me ask you something. Are you going to keep the Confederate dollars that you have are you going to begin to reinvest them into the, into the Union dollars, into the dollar of the North? I think for the most part, if we're smart, what we're going to do is we're going to take those dollars and reinvest them into the North. Um, you know, we're going to keep what we need to survive on the South, but, uh, but knowing that these dollars are basically going to go to nothing, we're going to reinvest into the North. And I want to say this is the same thing when we really look at life on this Earth. Is it what we have a tendency of doing is we have a tendency of investing into something that is not going to last. We have a tendency of investing our money, our time, and our talents into things that, that are going to pass away. It says it all throughout Scripture. It's very clear. If we believe the Bible, it's going to pass away. And so in the same way as the north versus the south is beginning to invest our, the things that we have in the north, I would say we need to begin to invest into the kingdom because that's where we're going. So instead of investing all the money we have, all the things we have into, into this life on this earth, this is again part of just kind of the refocusing and then the, the second one we're going to talk about is repositioning. And so... John D. Rockefeller, here he was. This guy is, is considered the richest man ever, uh, richest American ever to live. And uh, he died in 1937, had a lot of money when he died. And someone asked his accountant, they said, well, how much, how much money did John leave? And his accountant replied, all of it. <laughs> when we leave... We're going to leave all of it. We can't take any of it with us. But there's a scripture, and this is Matthew 6, 19 through 21. We have it here on the screen, I believe. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. And here's the thing. Let me stop here. I know you guys know these scriptures. But this morning, my heart, my prayer is, is that we really begin to not only know the scriptures, but we actually begin to make a mind shift and a repositioning based on these scriptures, because these scriptures are truth. These scriptures are kind of the warning signs. These, you know, as you drive down the road and it says, hey, curve coming around the corner here, it's your warning sign. It's like, hey, prepare, slow down, get ready to turn. This is a warning sign. This is saying, hey, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moss and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure, where? In heaven, where moth and rust do not Destroy where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And it's interesting what Jesus says here is he said, store up for yourselves treasures. So he's talking, he's saying, look, I want you to store up treasures. This is for you. 
This isn't for me. This isn't, hey, give it, give it to me so that, so that I have my treasure. This is for your, your treasures. This is for your rewards in heaven. And so when we begin to really get this mind shift, this mindset of, okay, we're going to go after the things of the kingdom, not the things on this earth. We're not going to worry. We still have to survive. We still have to live on this earth. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. It's when those, those nice things begin to have us. In, uh, in, it's uh, Matthew 19. What is that scripture? Um, well, it's, it's in Matthew, it's in Mark, and it's in Luke. And I, I get them all. You know, it's like Mark 10. Anyway, it's the, it's the story of the young ruler or the young man, the rich man. And, um, and in this story, uh, the, uh, the rich man comes up, runs up to Jesus, and he says, how can I inherit the kingdom or, or eternal life? I want to inherit eternal life. How can I do that? And, uh, and, and they go back and forth, and, and the young man says, man, I've done all the commandments. I've done everything that, that you've asked me to do. And Jesus says, well, there's still one thing. He says, I want you to sell all your possessions and give them to the poor. And then you will have treasure in heaven. And what, what Jesus was doing in this is he was testing the man's heart. And the man turned and he walked away sad because he knew he could not do that. He could not sell all the possessions that he had. And so for us, again, it's okay to have things, but it's not okay for these things to have us. And when we, if we get to the point where if we, if, if we ask ourselves, if God says tomorrow, and I want you to, to sell all your possessions and give to the poor, I know this is the extreme, but would we be willing to do it? Would you be willing to sell everything that you have and give it to the poor? We read this parable, and this is the, the rich young ruler, and we, we go, oh man, that guy was an idiot. Should have sold everything. He could have had the treasure in heaven. But I just want us to just think about that for a second. Would we be willing to sell everything that we have and give it to the poor if we ran up to Jesus and said, hey, how do I inherit eternal life? Would you sell it all for eternal life? Real quick, as we talk about repositioning, uh, I'm going to just talk about a few things in my life and my, my wife's life. When we, we were in Houston, we were, we were talking about this over the past few days, and uh, it's interesting, as, as God was calling us into things, and I had no idea he was calling me into ministry, no idea. And, uh, and if I had known, I probably would have run the other way, <laughs> even faster. <laughs> um, but our hearts were for him, and we were, we were listening to him, and he was telling us things. And one of the things he told us to do is, and it, and it became clear to Christy, and it became clear to me separately, is, is get out of debt. And so it's funny. She came to me. She's like, I really feel like this was a number of years ago. I really feel like we're supposed to get out of debt. And I'm like, ah, I'm with you. I hear you. And so we began to restructure our finances, redo things um, so that we could actually get out of debt. You know, this is, again, one of those promises. God says, do this, and we, we don't go, okay, God, I'm ready to get out of debt. When's that check coming? Uh, what we do is we begin to actually restructure things in our life. We begin to do things uh, that, that apply to the calling that he's 
or the thing that he's asked us to do. And so, so we started to, to adjust our, our income, uh, or not our income, we, we adjust our budget so that, so that we could begin to pay off all our debts. And we were able to do that within, you know, a number of years. We, we, we were able to pay off every debt that we had. And, uh, and as, we, as I look back on that, you know, when God finally, when he did call us into ministry out of the business world. And I say, you know, when I came in back here, I actually stepped out of ministry to step into a calling of, of uh, training and equipping for the work of the ministry. So when I say this kind of a, I'm really not in ministry. You guys are the ministers, just so you know. Uh, but as he called me into being a trainer and equipper, uh, I could not have stepped into this role, I don't believe, uh, had I not done what he had asked us to do in preparation for what he was, for the next step that he had called us into. In the same way, he called us into a deeper amount of prayer, a deeper level of prayer. And I would say we stepped up our prayer. In the three years that, that before, we, uh, before I resigned from my position in Houston and we came back, we probably stepped up our prayer by about five times. At least I did. I think my wife was still praying all the time. But, but I had to actually step up my prayer. And, uh, and it, was a, it, it was another critical piece for preparing my heart for what God wanted to do. And the third one is the time. I was always, I was very good about always giving of our finances. We would help people. We would help uh, missionaries. Uh, we'd support the church. We'd do all these things. But I had never in my, at that point, like 39 years of life, uh, never been on a mission trip before outside of the country. And I just thought, you know, I don't need to do that I can support others to go on mission trips. But, but God had called me to go on this trip, and this was a trip that I went to China. And, uh, and I, had about th- I had three weeks of vacation, and God said, I want you to take this trip, and it was about two and a half weeks of my vacation. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, that's, that's it for the vacation. So I, anyway, I ended up doing the trip. I took the trip, and, uh, and it was an amazing trip. It actually transformed my heart. It was actually another, I would say, key piece one of those things as God was preparing my heart for what he was going to be moving me into, uh, this was a key piece to that as I look back. Uh, but I came back. I came back to my, the company, and, and I was telling them about everything that, uh, that happened here on this trip, and we were at an orphanage, and uh, amazing times and just amazing impact that we had over there. And, uh, and, you know, he looked at me, and he goes, you can't use a day of your vacation for this. He goes, I'm going to give you all your vacation back. And in, ad- in addition to that, which is really cool, yes. In addition to that, he said, you know, and I want to make a new policy for our, for our company that, that everyone in the company should get a week to go on a mission trip or do something like this in addition to their vacation that they have. And so it actually changed the company as well. And so I just want to say when, when we do things for God and when we give things to God, what does it say? He gives it back to us. And not only does he give it back to us, but he gives it back to us in much greater measure than than we've given it to him. Because he's a loving father. (laughs) He's a good God. Uh, He's not a good God. He's a great God. I'm all over the place on my notes here, so let me... uh... Let me just say one other thing, and then I'm going to go into reinvest. And um, there's a lot of things that we 
have at this church. Andrew talked about uh, some of the things that we have coming up here. And I just want to encourage you as we are repositioning ourselves right now for what God's calling us into, take the opportunity. There's so many things happening right here that can help to reposition you into what God is calling you into this next phase. You know, we have, if it's finances, we have Financial Peace University. Uh, it's a great way uh, to, to get your finances in order. If you're in debt, man, I want to encourage you, get out of debt. Uh, begin to get out of debt. It may be one of those mountains where you go, I don't know how we're going to do it. Just begin to take steps, and, and God, God will show you how to do it. But I know the thing is, is when, when we are free of debt, uh, there's, just a, there's just a freeness that we can operate in where we don't, it's like we're not a slave to the money anymore. And so there's a lot of things, I think, in our lives. Like we, we look at, Christy and I both, we try to have this mentality of, is it, a, is it something that we need or is it something that we want? And there's times where we get the wants, uh, but we really, we focus on, like, here's the things we need. And on the wants, you know, we could either have that or, man, we could use this to actually bless somebody else. We could use this to bless someone over. We've got a, just a, a lot of friends who are missionaries all over the world that we, that we get to support and we get to love on. And, uh, and I'll tell you, there's much greater joy in giving than there is in, in getting. Uh, so anyway... Financial peace. The next one is uh, there's prayer groups. If you want to get into deeper prayer, get connected with some groups here. There's groups uh, that pray in the mornings. There's men group, men's groups. There's women's. There's, uh, there's different groups that pray together. And take the opportunity, uh, begin to pray, get into deeper prayer together. There's, uh, we've got the life groups. This is a way to get connected at a deeper level. We have the men's and the women's groups. We've got the men's breakfast. Uh, we have Wednesday night at the Rock. And this, you know, for the next now 11 weeks, we're doing this kingdom boot camp which is really we're learning how to operate uh, in and through the Holy Spirit. Not just understand, but also begin to operate and activate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Awesome thing. Uh, we had it. We started last Wednesday and had people up here. There was prophetic words. There were healings. There was, it was just awesome to see the, the presence of God move. And this is where it's a safe place to just kind of begin to understand and operate in this so that we can eventually, the plan is to take it out beyond these walls and, and operate out there and impact the kingdom, right? Right? right. Okay. <laughs> Am I getting too serious again? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> um, all right, there's the kingdom school, uh, the Colorado School of Kingdom Ministry as well, which is in partnership with Bridgeway. And that's an, it's another awesome opportunity. This is really an in-depth, like, study of the word, study of the supernatural, understanding of how to operate in the supernatural. Um, it's, a, it's an entire year class uh, that you can find out more about. There's uh, uh, mission trips coming up. We've got a mission trip to Haiti. We've got uh, one to South Africa. Uh, we even have one to China, to the orphanage that, uh, that I'm a part of here in uh, Guayang, China. We have a uh, trip to Mexico that we do every year with the DTC group. Um, and so, great way to just uh, to experience the heart of God when you go on these short-term trips. It's, it's, uh, it is life-changing if you haven't done it. Uh, also, we have the DTC course. It's a discipleship training course. Uh, that's why we are based. And it's an, it is another awesome opportunity. It's a 10-week course uh, that's going to start in April. And then we have Leif Hetland coming in here in just a few weeks. And man, don't miss Leif Hetland. I just I'll tell you, don't miss Leif Hetland. Uh, we have Havila as well coming the week before. 
don't miss that either for the women. Men, sorry, you're out. Uh, all right. Last piece is, uh, is to reinvest. And this is the key to it all. We can, we can rethink, we can reposition, but without the reinvesting, uh, this is kind of where you either, you either kind of hold back or you go all in. Uh, my hope is, my prayer for you guys, is that in this season, we go all in. I want to talk a little bit about finances here. Get to see you guys squirm a little bit. It's actually not my favorite topic, um, but I, and I, I was hoping I didn't have to talk about on it, but, um, but I do. I feel like that I just, I, I need to talk about this. I need to address it. And so uh, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it in love, and I hope you guys know my heart, and, you know, this is not a message of manipulation in any way to get your money. Uh, this is all about just is about it reinvesting into the kingdom and the things that God's calling us to do. So uh, stay with me on this one. Uh, I'm going to actually tell you a quick story. So when my kids were growing up, I've got Caitlin here who's now 10 and Riken's 8 and Aaliyah at that time wasn't born. She's 5 now. But uh, when my older two were younger, we used to do this thing. Uh, we'd open up like a thing of M&Ms or... And, and, uh, and they love candy because we rarely give them candy. Uh, it's like my dad, you know. If you know my dad, like, no candy. Um, and so, unfortunately or fortunately, we've kind of taken on the same approach. And, and we don't give our kids a lot of candy. So when we open a bag of M&Ms, like, holy cow, this is awesome. <laughs> and uh, so I do this and, and I, you know, take the M&Ms and I'd, I'd give like 10 to Caitlin and 10 to Riken and, um, and they were like, oh my gosh, this is awesome, <laughs> which I, I know, it's kind of sad, right, being a parent. <laughs> you guys probably give your kids bags of candy, but 10 M&Ms for our kids is like this amazing thing. And uh, so they would get the candy and then, I, and then I would say, hey, can I have one of those? And they'd look at me like, What? are you kidding me? <laughs> and they go, dad, you got a whole bag. Like, I only have 10. Like, I want, I want to, these are my 10, and you, you eat yours. And so, but the point in this was, and so eventually I'd be like, come on, just give me one, just give me one of those. And, and I love my kids because they have great hearts, and they'd be like, okay, dad, here you go. And they, they'd give me one or maybe give me two back, and I'd eat them, and, and then I'd go, all right, here you go. And I'd give them even more candy. And, and the point was, is I look at this as like the same way with the father, is that a lot of times like he's handing out the M&Ms and you know, all the money is his to begin with. And we have our, our little pot of money here and, and, and God's saying, hey, hey, can I have some of that? And what he's doing, he's not, he doesn't need the money. He's got, he's got all the money, just like I had all the bag of M&Ms. He has the money but he's testing the heart. And so, but what he wants to do is, we're his children. So he's not like, hey, I want to take all your money. What he wants to do is he wants to test our heart. And when we say, yeah, God, yeah, here, I know you have all the money, but here, have some of mine too. <laughs> but what he wants to do is he wants, he wants to bless us even more. And he takes that money and he goes, ha, here you go. Here's some more. Hey, can I have some of that money? And we go, ah. Oh. Yeah, you can have some more of that. And here, here's some more. And his idea, he is a God that wants to bless his children. 
And I think we have this mindset of, of we've got we've to hold on to what we have because it's all we have and, and there's no more blessing coming. And it's really, it's, again, it's just a mind shift. It's just a, when we understand the heart of the Father, like our heart is to give, to give everything that we have. That's why, that's why when Jesus asked, you know, give it all and sell it to the poor, if he would have given it all and sold it to the poor, I guarantee you he would have had more than he would have ever had as the rich young ruler. In Leviticus, ooh, have we ever preached from Leviticus? <laughs> like, well, Leviticus, what's that? <laughs> uh, Leviticus says this, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. The, the word tithe uh, the definition of that is a tenth part. And so I know we talk about, you know, there's in the Old Testament, it's, we have the tithe. And, and this is basically, this was the law. It was, hey, you will give 10% of what you have. And there's this mindset, though, that's happened as we've moved into the new covenant. That, hey, we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to give 10%. And you know what? That's true. There is no law. We are not under the law. But what Jesus did is he changed it. He changed it from 10% to 100%. So it didn't go down to like 1% or 2%. It's now an all-in. It's now the investment is, is all-in. And it's not, it's not, well, how much do I have to give it's how much do I need and what can I do to bless? What can I do to bless others, to have an impact into the kingdom? How do I invest into the kingdom where moth and rust do not destroy? And then in Malachi, so that's, you know, we've got to talk about the law. In Malachi, what it says, and the blessing has not been removed. The curse has been removed, but the blessing has not been removed. Malachi 3.10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. Is that a good thing? <laughs> Here we go. We're getting serious again. Okay. Well, here's what I want to say about this, is I believe... As we're, as, you know, we talked about even like coming in early, being a part of this body of Christ. Zach spoke this past weekend. He talked about being planted, and he did a phenomenal job. Uh, he's, 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 a, he's a great guy and just has such an awesome heart. And, and he spoke on this, and uh, here's the thing is once we're planted, we need to water the ground that we're in. We need to sow seeds into the ground that we're in. And I would encourage you, that if this is your church, that we begin to water the ground that we're in, that we begin to plant in the ground that we're in. And here's the thing, is if this, if you don't believe in the things that are happening here, if you don't really trust like the, the church and, and where things are going, that's fine. You probably need to find another church that you can get grounded in and planted in. Because here's the thing, wherever you are, what I want you to do is I want you to get planted and I want you to invest into the area that you are in. 
That's the most important thing. And it's not about, it's not about, well, I got to, you know, it's a 10, just I have to do my 10%. It's not about the 10%. It's about our hearts. But I'll tell you, I look at it as in, in my life, I mean, 10% is like the minimum. But I want to give as much as I possibly can into the kingdom. I want to invest everything that I can into the kingdom now to have the greatest impact, to have the greatest reward and treasures in heaven. Again, we can't keep it. We can't keep it. It just doesn't, it doesn't last here on this earth. Um, I want to bring the worship team up if they're here. And I just want to close with this. This is a uh, story about a, a girl whose name is Brooke Bronkowski. And she was in love with Jesus. She wrote, she wrote something when she was 12 years old. And she had, I would say she had an amazing exit strategy already planned out. And I think we have it here to show you. So this is what she wrote at 12 years old. Pretty cool. She said, I'll live my life to the fullest. I'll be happy. I'll brighten up. I'll be more joyful than I've been. I will be kind to others. I will loosen up. I will tell others about Christ. I will go on adventures and change the world. I will be bold and not change who I really am. I will have no troubles, but instead help others with their troubles. You see, I'll be one of those people who live to be history makers at a young age. Oh, I'll have moments, good and bad, but I'll wipe away the bad and only remember the good. In fact, that's all I'll remember, just good moments, nothing in between, just living my life to the fullest. I'll be one of those people who go somewhere with a mission, an awesome plan, a world-changing plan, and nothing will hold me back. I'll set an example for others. I will pray for direction. I have my life before me. I will give others the joy I have, and God will give me more joy. I will, have, I will do everything God tells me to do. I will follow the footsteps of God. I will do my best. This is 12 years old. Brooke went on to, she went to high school, and, and when she was 14 years old, she had started a Bible study. Uh, she was doing babysitting on the side and, and using all the money that she had to buy Bibles. And she was, she was uh, taking these Bibles and, and she was distributing it out to, to her friends. And her whole heart was just to go after the things that God had showed her. And, and she just had a joy of, in life. But she had, a, she had a different mindset. Well, when she was 14 years old, she was tragically killed in a car accident. And at her funeral, there was about 1,500 people that came to this funeral. And at the end, there was an altar call of people who had never come to Christ just to say, hey, will you take Brooke's place on the front lines of the battle? And you know, when, when she died, there were 200 Bibles that were left in her room. They found 200 Bibles in her room. And at her funeral that morning, there were 200 people that came up to receive Jesus. You know, I want to challenge us not to live the safe life anymore. Because it's actually not so safe. 
I want to challenge us to go all in. God has given us promises. He's given us things. He's put things on our heart. And this is the time that we need to rethink our exit strategy. We need to rethink it. We need to reposition. And we need to look at reinvesting into what he's called us to do. Guys, I don't know about you, but I don't want to die on this earth and not have treasure stored up in heaven. I want to have a great reward. I want, to, I want to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I want that for every one of you. So let's stand. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that that the word that you had, that you, the word that you have given me to share this morning, Lord, would, would go deep into the hearts of people. Lord, that we would begin to shift our mindset. Lord, that this would be a paradigm shift in the way we live our lives. God, that on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis, Lord, that we would look at how we can impact the kingdom, how we can store up treasures for ourselves in, king, in, the, in the kingdom, in heaven, not on this earth. But Lord, we are here. I thank you that we are here on this earth to make a difference, to impact the lives around us, or to love others with the love that you've given us, that we would operate in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, give us that spirit of wisdom. Give us that revelation, that understanding to know who you are. Lord, I thank you that we are your children. And Lord, I pray that this morning that we begin to understand how to be your children. Father, that we, could, we can hold those M&Ms in our hand, which and these things are going to melt. They're, they're kind of messy. That we would just give those back to the Father. And Lord, I thank you that it is your desire, Lord, to pour out even greater blessings in our life. Not blessings that we can then hold on to and hoard, but Father, that we can keep our hands open First of all, to give the blessings that you've given us and also receive the blessings that you have for us. So Lord, I thank you for 2017. Lord, I thank you that we are moving into a year that is the year of breakthrough. Lord, it's gonna be breakthrough in our own lives. It's gonna be breakthrough in our businesses. It's gonna be breakthrough in, in, in spiritual ways. It's gonna be breakthrough in healing and miracles. Breakthrough in every area of our life. Father, I thank you that you are changing atmospheres even now. So Lord, we ask you for all these things and it's in your name we pray, in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right.